Anger on the streets of Delhi over the rape of the five-year-old survivor of one of the most brutal attacks that have ever been reported. Protesters assemble outside the headquarters of the Delhi police and get into scuffles with the police. They try to break down barricades elsewhere as well. Fortunately, the man thought to be the rapist has been arrested in Bihar. He's been flown back to Delhi. He's being interrogated by the police. Sonia Gandhi visits the five-year-old in hospital. She says it's time for action, not words. Sushma Swaraj says amend the new rape law. Let there be death for those who rape children in this manner. But in all of this, there is a little bit of hope. The five-year-old survivor is conscious. She is stable. She is responding to antibiotics. Now, there will be surgery after her infection is controlled. This will be major reconstructive surgery. It could take place within 48 hours. Doctors are not sure right now. They want to see how soon she gets better. Now, the injuries that she has suffered are very, very grave. Spontaneous outpouring of anger on the streets outside the Delhi police headquarters. And the residence of the country's home minister. Right now they're saying they're not going to move unless they get to speak to the home minister. And then actually they're also asking for accountability in this case. Over the brutal rape of a five-year-old in Delhi, the alleged police attempt to hush up the case and the manhandling of a woman protester. Oh, they have to punish the police people. There has to be FIR. Because if the common person violates the law, then there is an FIR against the common person. Why can't they jail? We want to see them brought FIRs against all the arrest police officers. Sharing the public outrage were top leaders from both sides of the political divide. While the Congress chief said, Action and not words is required to check incidents like this heinous rape of a five-year-old girl. The BJP's Sushma Swaraj demanded immediate changes to the recently passed anti-rape law, reigniting the debate on death penalty for rapists. Grimantri ko turant ek baitak bulani chahiye. Prime Minister swayam usme rahein. Rajnitik pratinidhiyon ko bulaye. Aur is kanun ke andar bhi ye do pravdhan aur karein. एक तो जब छोटी बच्चियों के साथ दुष्कर्म किया जाता उसमें भी फांसी दी जाए और इस तरह की हैवानियत और वहशीपन का जब नंगा नाच किया जाता है तो उसमें भी फांसी दी जाए द लेफ्ट स्लैम्ड द दिल्ली पुलिस फॉर इट्स हैंडलिंग ऑफ द प्रोटेस्ट पुलिस फोर्स है या गुंडा फोर्स है या क्या है इसलिए केवल सस्पेंड करने की बात नहीं है उनके ऊपर बाकायदा केस लगना चाहिए द प्रेसिडेंट ऑल्सो सेड it is time for our society to introspect at the erosion of values and our repeated failure to ensure the security of women and children. As anger raged in the capital, the alleged 25-year-old perpetrator of this horrific act of brutality on the 5-year-old was caught in Muzaffarpur in Bihar around 2 a.m. He was produced in a local court this morning and flown to Delhi from Patna. Manoj, who was working as a laborer, had married recently and his wife had left for Muzaffarpur a few days prior to the crime. Initial investigations reveal Manoj has been staying in Delhi for the past 15 years. He fled from Delhi the same night after the brutal attack, leaving the child locked, believing her to be dead. This is the Express train from Delhi. Sir, what was the girl who was in the house? About 40 hours. 
उस कमरे में बंद थी As the police interrogate Manoj there is some good news from Delhi's Ames Hospital where a team of 8 doctors is attending to the 5 year old At the All India Institute of Medical Sciences today there was good news for the family and well wishers of the 5 year old rape survivor as doctors declared her to be conscious and stable She is conscious alert and all her parameters are within normal limits Definitive corrective surgery will need detailed planning and it will be decided after the infection is controlled and uniting in prayers for her recovery is a country that is desperately hoping that somehow the rape of india's daughters will stop with alok pandey sonal mehrotra and keet ki angre ankita mukherjee for ndtv well for the very latest i'm joined by my colleague keet ki angre outside the all india institute of medical sciences where that little child is still fighting for her life though she is stable that's the good news over there But Kethiki hears another side story. There's another five-year-old at the same hospital who's fighting for her life. That child also the victim of rape, a rape survivor, and that child doesn't want to go home at all. It's a horrific, horrific story. Tell us about this other five-year-old rape survivor. Well, Vishnu, um, you know it's really shocking as it is. We know of this case uh, that has come to light only because there is this other girl who everybody is talking about today. But here is a story of a five-year-old girl. Nobody knows where she's come from. She was found abandoned near the Ames Hospital. Then she was taken in by the doctors. She's been treated for the last few days. Now, what's worrying here is that her condition is not entirely stable. In fact, uh, she keeps slipping in and out of consciousness. The few times that she is uh, semi-awake, she only mutters that her father is an auto rickshaw driver and she says that she does not want to go home so it really is left to the doctors are really at a loss of words to kind of imagine what horror she must have seen or what horror she must have gone through to in fact even say that she doesn't really want to go back to her mother does not want to go back home all she's willing to say is about her father and uh, what they also saying is that her condition continues to be critical and that's something that is worrying and that uh, they've also said that they have not had any word on where she could come from who her family members are because as of now because her condition is so critical the only thing they know is that they have to focus on getting her as better as they can possibly do and then perhaps get in touch with ngos through which they can help hopefully trace her parents but it will be crucial then as well given the fact that she's marching she doesn't want to really go back home how things can really go ahead a clear reflection not just of this one case that has been reported which has got so much attention but the other many cases that go unreported and what really happens to those little girls and those little children vishnu and in this uh, you know i mean there are so many victims across the country young young children who've been abused in this manner who've been raped in this manner some of them have not survived others are survivors but these two cases have been identified and people are really reaching out you were also telling me earlier on about how doctors went out of their way they realized that this the the, the, the girl we were originally talking about the little child she would need some sort of comfort that she would need perhaps dolls because she was conscious and they went out of the way to try and reach out to her that's just a small story but a story of how doctors are trying to reach out to the emotions of this child 
Well, that's right. And in fact, uh, this happened at the hospital from where she was actually brought to AIM. She was at the Swami Dayanand Hospital. And her relatives telling us that at that time she was in the ICU. She was much more serious. And because she was in the ICU, her parents couldn't be with her uh, through the day and through the night. And they felt that perhaps that would be very disconcerting for her, which is why they bought three dolls for her. Those three dolls still part of you know, where she is right now. The only familiar setting for her in an otherwise completely alien environment. Those three dolls still keeping her company here at Ames, even if she fights so hard, uh, you know, to survive. She is a fighter. That's something her uncle also said, that he doesn't know where she's getting all this strength to fight, uh, especially after all that she's been through, Vishnu. And you're talking about the uncle. It's uh, it's sad It's it, that this was an uncle who was actually part of the Vijay Chowk protests in December after the Nirbhaya attack and he went through those uh, the, the, the tear gas and uh, the, the police lati charge and the water cannons and at that stage he never felt that anybody in his family would actually go through this. What exactly did he tell you? Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, he, you know, when he was talking to us, he actually was thinking about the four months, what happened four months ago. And he said at that time, I didn't know who this 23-year-old medical student was, who actually was uh, was faced with such brutality. She was fighting for her life. I didn't know who she was, but I decided it was, you know, I felt like going. I went to India Gate. I went to the protest. He also got water cannon in the process. He said, but my resolve and determination was there that, you know, justice must be delivered to this girl, completely unknown, who's fighting for her life then, uh, before she succumbed to her injuries in Singapore. He said he had never imagined, even in his wildest dreams, that he would actually face a similar situation where somebody known to him and somebody so close to him is now fighting to survive after all the brutal the brutality and barbaric sexual assault that she herself was subjected to and just a five-year-old relative that he knows so well but he is also sure that every time she wraps her little wraps his you know her little finger around him at that time he knows that she is going to fight back and survive this Vishnu Ketiki thanks very much for telling us a little bit about what's happening around these 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 little children uh, at the All India Institute of Medical Sciences Joining me now, Dr. Abhishek Manu Singhvi, Rajya Sabha MP, spokesperson of the Congress Party. Also joining us, Kiran Kher, member of the BJP. Kiran Kher, let me come to you first. Sushma Swaraj today said that there needs to be firmer action. There needs to be the death penalty against those who rape children. Now, in the new laws which have been introduced, the possibility of the death sentence already exists in extreme cases. Uh, but does Sushma Swaraj now mean that if a child is raped, then there must always be the death penalty in most cases uh, which is the punishment uh, Vishnu first I'd like to say that when the Nirbhaya case happened I made a conscious decision to stay away from all television debates because I felt it was completely a helpless situation to be in and uh, I felt being on English television channels I was preaching to the converted who already knew that this was not the right thing to do Today I have come to be on your show because I do want, there are certain things I want to talk about. And of course when you ask me what was Sushma Ji has said, I agree with her completely and I think it is horrific. You can't even say they behave like animals because animals do not rape their little ones. In fact, animals do not rape at all. So there is a sickness of mind and mentality here which needs to be addressed and I think a very sharp, quick sentence should be executed and this when it's a clear shut in case 
shut open and shut case i don't think we need to extend the you know that every citizen has a right to a fair and fair trial because if they are caught on camera or if you know that this is the, the girl has been found from this guy's flat you know all that yes. i think you should be much quicker okay, in I implementing just, uh, what in sushma ji has said sure, a death I, sentence I, dr singh do you agree with uh, with what sushma ji has said uh, in this death penalty for those who rape children let me uh, uh, let me uh, make my stand clear in a few very quick points first of all you know i i am forced to sound defeatist because i don't think any change in the law any reform in the system any change in structures can cure the outcome and result of such diseased mind this is something which is beyond comprehension it is something which is cruel barbaric in human treatment and i think at the end of the day it is depends on the level of disease a person has these things will keep on happening if this disease is there and i think nothing can cure it i'm sorry to sound defeatist having said that at a individual level let me clarify i was opposed to the death penalty uh, in the nirbhaya case and generally because of two statistical reasons one is death penalty sounds great but is very difficult to implement and secondly the court is inclined to give the benefit of doubt where the penalty is death on the conviction itself but having said so in the nirbhaya time seeing the very cruel inhuman aggravating circumstances of cases like this i think a correct way media would be to provide for death where the judge finds additional cruel aggravating inhuman circumstances and this case certainly qualifies for that and to that extent i will agree with sushma ji in other words where there is a child of a certain age below a certain age where what we read in the press i can't even repeat it where you have issues like candles and foreign material found and recovered where you have this inhuman degree of treatment then i think certainly a exception can be made and a power can be given to the judge to excise that and, and doctor thirdly Singh, yeah. i have no hesitation in saying very quickly very quickly that uh, departmental proceedings must start with suspension but it must lead within 3 months to a final decision on the officer concerned who is supposed to have had the temerity to try to treat this as a routine case and to you know have a monetary angle to it fourthly it must lead to a separate criminal proceeding against that entire police uh, setup in that particular area which allowed this to happen and uh, and fifthly of course i have no doubt in the nirbhaya singh itself we have the same fast track courts so this should not take more than 3 to 4 months which is a, a fair crack of the whip and, and, and dr singh just just very briefly again what sushma swaraj has yeah. called for at an all party meeting a meeting of senior leaders to discuss how this provision of rape in the case of children being assaulted should be brought into the system do you feel that this needs to be done really soon that there needs to be this all party meeting which which sushma ji has called for i think uh, certainly there can be no two views about a, uh, a, a getting together of the political element and parliament is around the corner now so this all party meeting is 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 should be a given but what is important is that having already strengthened the law of rape generally uh, to the extent of the nirbhaya case in the last few months we certainly make to make out a subset category yes. because this is not rape this is some kind of a very very special crime against children and it has those barbaric elements which elevated even beyond any rape yeah so for that subset of crimes whether a child or handicapped or completely helpless situation a person is raped i think yes the punishment should be enhanced on the basis of aggravating circumstances which judges are entitled to fully evaluate and give in a particular facts of a particular case okay uh
Kieran Caird, just reflect on a couple of things. Now, these are statistics compiled from the National Crime Records Bureau. 48,338 child rape cases from 2001 to 2011 with a 336% increase of child rape cases from 2001 to 2011. Maybe more cases were being reported. But 48,338 child rape cases, alright, that's a statistic. In just the last 48 hours, two five-year-olds, as we've been talking about, surviving, struggling at the All India Institute. There was a six-year-old raped and murdered in Aligarh. As we speak, uh, another five-year-old is being airlifted from Madhya Pradesh to Nagpur, right, that child in critical condition, and three minor girls allegedly raped in Mumbai in the last uh, little bit more than 24 hours. W uh, you know, I mean, it's cliche to say, what have we come to, what is our society like, something must change, but how do you reflect on these facts? This is just what has been reported. You can, ima can you imagine what's not yet reported? Most cases don't get reported. I mean, the actual actuality of these heinous crimes is far larger than that. I attribute this to the mindset of the Indian male, or should I say the male on the Indian subcontinent. And, you know, it's, it's years and years and years and decades of keeping people completely uneducated on the fringes of poverty, the divide between the haves and the have-nots. Finally, the chickens are coming home to roost. And it's only going to get uglier because you have generations of people out there who have treated women in the most disgusting manner possible. What we need to do is, I remember Vishnu, I have gone to convent schools all my life. We used to have a moral science class. It is extremely important that right from village level, they are given classes in being good citizens, in being good human beings, and this has to be taken up immediately so that the coming generations can be aware of what these people, most of them, don't respect women even in their everyday lives. And look at what some of the protesters are saying. You know Dr. Manmohan Singh, Chudiya Pahenlo. You, you know Very what sexist remark. Absolutely. What do you mean, Chudiya Pahenlo? That, that's at the heart. Chud that, that's Chudiya is, is, is at the heart that. of this violence. It's one of this innate sense of sexism. Which yes. Is it's so pathetic now that there are people yes. who have been SMSing, and I mentioned this on the show last night, that perhaps there need to be signboards across the country that say rape is illegal because maybe people don't know that enough. But I'm sorry, I'm going to have to end no, this over here. We are going to be discussing our, this more and more through the days. This. I think it's important to reflect also on what Sonia Gandhi said today. Less talk, more action. That action must start. It's time for us to take a short break. Up after that, we'll go across to my colleague Namrita Brar in the United States as the Boston shootout finally comes to an end. After a siege of the city which ended in a gun battle, one of the two brothers thought to be behind the Boston Marathon bombings have been caught. His elder brother is dead. 9,000 security personnel were involved in the operation to hone in on the 19-year-old suspect, the one who survived. But the bigger question remains, why would Tamarlan and Zokar, who are of Chechen origin, target the United States in the first place?
Boston's five-day siege is over with the arrest of Shohar Sarnaev, the suspect number two in the marathon bombings. The suspect has serious injuries and is in hospital. Suspect number one, his older brother Tamerlan Sarnaev, had died earlier after a gun battle with authorities. But the final chase that led to them is being called the United States' biggest manhunt. The suspect was hiding in a boat in a backyard in Watertown, a small town close to Boston. At 6.30 p.m., the police lifted its all-day ban for residents to stay inside, and the owner of the boat saw something unusual. He saw a bloody mess and inside an injured man. He rushed inside and called the police, which was making its way out. At 7 p.m., more than 9,000 security personnel surrounded the area. There were a dozen gunshots and stun grenades. And finally, the suspect in custody. Boston police tweeted, captured. We set up a perimeter around that boat, and um, over the over the course of the next uh, hour or so, uh, we exchanged gunfire with the suspect who was inside the boat, uh, and ultimately the hostage rescue team of the FBI made an entry into the boat and uh, removed the suspect who was still alive in the boat. But bigger questions are now being raised. The FBI had been tracking Tamer Lansarnaev's activities at the behest of the Russian government but didn't consider him a threat. Their origins lie in the Russian Caucasus which includes Chechenia and Dagestan. But it's too early to say if they had any help or were radicalized by the Chechenian rebels. Russian President Vladimir Putin assured President Barack Obama of their full cooperation. Obviously tonight there are still many unanswered questions. Among them, uh, why did young men who grew up and studied here as part of our communities and our country resort to such violence? How did they plan and carry out these attacks, and did they receive any help? The families of those killed so senselessly deserve answers. It's still too soon to say what exactly is going to be the larger pattern, whether this was a lone wolf team or a part of a larger network in place here in Boston, Massachusetts, and perhaps in the entire United States of America. In Watertown, Namrita Brar for NTV. And Namrita joins me now live from Boston. Namrita. Any uh, details at all on, on the Chechen element in this? Because that's a mystery. Why would people who've lived in the United States all their life, yes, they may be from a Chechen background, but even then, why would someone of a Chechen background conceivably attack the United States? Yes, Vishnu, that's been uh, the big question which is coming up in terms of exactly the origins of these two brothers. We know that they were American citizens. They came here in the early 2000s, but their background lies in the Chechnyan Dagestan area, and in fact, the parents are currently there. Now, interestingly, so far, all the terrorist-linked elements have come in from the Arab region, so this opens up a completely different area which the authorities have previously not been looking at. Uh, there are also elements suggesting there will be more racial profiling, not good news for the minority community uh, or a certain skin color, but there is every expectation to believe that the racial profiling which began in 9-11 would be heightened up post this. Now remember, Chechnyan uh, rebels never had a problem with America before this. This is the first attack outside Russia from Chechnyan rebels. but. Uh, post this, there will be obviously this anti-American sentiment which is going to be strongly explored. And uh, Namita, just give us a little bit more about what happens next in this case because these are American citizens and therefore they cannot be considered an enemy of the state. 
Vishnu, yes, I will just talk about that. I'm going to quickly bring in uh, uh, a Bostonian, at least, on what ha what happens to his life post an incident and trauma like this. Five days of siege, uh, Trey, how are you feeling now? Um, I guess relief and pride are the two words that immediately come to mind. Um, like I was telling you earlier, I've lived here for six years, so I can't claim to be a, an original uh, Bostonian, but I'm certainly proud to claim it in my home today. And... Um, I lived just six blocks uh, that way, just on the other side of the finish line. And I was at work uh, when the events happened, and um, just this, this, this surreal sense that one gets when looking at TV images of your backyard uh, and the destruction that occurred there is uh, it's just something that you just don't forget. And Are you scared now? I see you running. No, no, I'm not scared. I, I, don't, I don't think I was scared at any point this week. Um, I think... I was impressed, really, with the response of not only law enforcement, but also the residents of the city. Right. Um, Thanks so much, Trey, for staying brave, and thank you for that. I'm just going to quickly also talk about, Vishnu, the question that you posed in terms of what happens next. Uh, we, you know, did believe that uh, the Americans will have uh, a, a terrorist act uh, or any enemy of the state act declared against the suspect number two but he's an American citizen so they can't do that they can't uh, they have to give him full rights though his Miranda rights haven't been uh, read out uh, because he attacked the state secondly also there could be a plea that this younger brother takes saying that it was not him who was uh, the radical element it was his older brother who influenced him completely and he was brainwashed into this radicalized Islam so we'll wait and watch uh, uh, the the suspect is currently in a very serious condition here at the Beth Israel uh, Hospital in Boston but a statement is expected shortly on what the next course of action will be Vishnu all right Namrata thank you very much for joining us uh, and uh, with with all those details the siege of Boston as it were finally coming to an end let's quickly move on take a look at the weather report Hello there. Well, uh, it's that time of the year when it uh, gets extremely hot. Uh, with the temperatures have already started uh, soaring and have hit uh, the 40 degree mark. Uh, Teruchera Pali is at a high of about 42 degrees, almost 4 degrees above normal. Uh, similar trend prevailing in Shimla, Vijayawada and Madurai with the maximum temperatures remaining almost 3 to 4 degrees uh, above normal. Now let's take a look at uh, the humidity levels across the country. The moisture content in the air continues to be quite high in Kolkata, Mumbai and Chennai. Delhi at a humidity level of 75% and Lucknow uh, is the least humid city with a humidity of 31%. Now, we have uh, also been reporting you about the rising air pollution uh, levels. Uh, last year, we have uh, seen a severe bout of uh, uh, the smog uh, in Delhi in the month of uh, November, and the similar trend is prevailing right now. Delhi continues to top the chart as far as uh, the air SPM count is concerned. In Ahmedabad uh, is in the second spot, and Mumbai is the least polluted city and is supposed to be in the safe zone. This is the latest on Weather Report. Time now for us to take a short break. There's more coming up.